Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Ron Legrand's Question and Answer Gold Club Call. Can everybody hear me okay? Okay, can everybody hear me okay? Well, my name is Steve Zumigale. My friends call me Real Estate Steve. We hold this call in behalf of Ron McGran and the Gold Club on the second Monday of every month. The Gold Club members can submit their deals prior to the call that we'll review right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen but can't participate. You can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. If you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal you submitted, press star 6 to be entered into the key. If you're a Gold Club member and did not dial on the active line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage, after you log in, you should hang up now and dial back and using that number and the access code if you want to ask any questions. And that's it. So welcome. Okay. Can everybody hear everybody? Yes. I don't know. Yes, okay. Did I can you guys hear, hear that introduction I just did? Well, yeah, but I, uh, I tried to do the uh, the Stark Six, and it kept telling me my line was muted, so I couldn't ask any questions or anything. I don't know if anyone else tried, um, so maybe uh, maybe you missed some questions. No, because that would have prompted. There's 10 participants total. And I tried four times. And okay. So did everybody hear the welcome message? Okay. Yes. Yes. We did. Okay. Great. That's awesome. Okay. Hold on. One. I'm going to try this star six one more time. So if you have, you guys have to get into the key. And so all you have to do to get into the key is press star six. And then I'm going to go into mode Q&A right now. So let's give this one more shot according to these directions. So I'm going to hit Q&A, and then I'll hit star six for the person that has the first question.
Okay, so somebody with a question hit star six. Okay, so did anybody hit star six? Because I didn't have anybody sign up for a question. Yeah, I did, and it it uh, it, it told me that my 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 phone was muted. Then I hit star six again, and it said I'm muted, and you weren't able to hear me. So, evidently, um, nope. just a little bit of a bug uh, needs to be worked out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's not let that ruin a good call. Um, okay. So can everybody hear everybody then? I can hear you. Yes. I can't hear okay, anyone else. Okay, perfect. I can hear y'all. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, great. So here, um, so I'll do a quick introduction um, about myself, and then we can take the first first question. And it looks like now we have thirteen people. So that's awesome. And so, is there anybody if we could speak up now? That's you know, having issues with the system besides the star six. Can everybody hear everybody? Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Okay, that's, okay, that's awesome. Super cool. Well, my name's Steve Zumigale. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. It's a uh, population of 100,000 to 250,000 with the outskirts with Lake Erie. That's uh, up north. Uh, right now, it's freaking freezing outside, and um, this is my, I think, third time doing this. So I've been in Ron's World since 2017, and in 2016, we actually bought our first property. Um, I'm also a licensed real estate agent here in Pennsylvania. Um, since entering into Ron's World, we've scaled to a $10 million portfolio consisting of close to 100 doors and about 70 to 75 deeds. Uh, we buy properties subject to wraparound mortgage, seller financing, um, you know, lease option, uh, agreements for deed, um, pretty much any deal that you're going to talk about I've done. Um, we also rehab um, all the time year-round um, and have, you know, acquisitionist, VA, uh, sales team, and about 100 to 200 people in the organizational roster for, you know, independent people that we pay to do you know, things that need fixed and things like that. So um, without further ado, so if I don't know the answer to your question, I will, I will uh, try to take you off line and figure out the correct answer. But why don't we just go with the first person here and um, uh, say your name, where you're from, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your question is. Who wants to go first? Do we, uh, do we need to do the star six thing or just – just go ahead, because there's only there's only 14 of us, so this should be this, this is pretty small group, which is nice. So why don't you go first? Well, my name is my name is Les, and I'm in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, man, you're a Steelers fan, then. Uh, yep. Uh, after you guys, it's Monday Night Football. Um, yep. But, uh, <laughs> I'll be watching that. Cold here. It's, uh, it's only uh, it's only about 60 right now. Oh, we're down Anyhow, to 45 or something. Anyhow, I um, I'm brand new. I haven't uh, haven't done any any deals yet. 
still going okay. through uh, the training materials and uh, going to go through, going to do the virtual uh, version of the Quick Start uh, class tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Okay. But, uh, the one thing that confuses me is that, um, you know, all throughout the, the training videos, Ron, uh, Ron is saying uh, two things. Number one, he says uh, that he would rather make payments directly to the bank, so that, uh, for obvious reasons, he doesn't make them to the uh, to the seller, and uh, they don't make them to the bank and cause some, cause some issues there. But then when he's doing some of the live seller calls, he says, uh, you know, I'm making directly to you so that you know that uh, the money's coming in and I'm not, uh, I'm not hosing you guys. So which one is it? Sure. So there's not a, um, a preferred answer to that. So, like, you have to – part of being a business owner is you have to make decisions for yourself. So I've seen students – I've coached about 65 students underneath, you know, uh, Legend and Guru on the grand. So the right answer for that, it depends on the deal. And why it depends on the deal is because you don't want to lose a good deal if the seller's adamant on you making the payment directly to them and then them providing you, you know, uh, a paid receipt. However, in my business, now that we're mature like that, I'm not, I wouldn't be interested in something like that just because I want full control. So like if we, I like to have the deed. I don't do anything else really, very rare that I don't get the deed. And if I get the deed, then it's likely that I'm not going to have to hear from the seller very often in the future. So if you are paying the seller directly, you're still going to be talking to them. There's still going to be questions. And even though you went over and rehearsed the deal to them 100 times or, you know, one good time, however many it takes, then they're still going to ask you to repeat it in the future. And what it becomes is like another job. And so what Ron's saying is to protect you and also in order to scale your business, your time is better spent doing other things than chasing a seller that you already sold once, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. I never thought about uh, explaining over and over again. So there's ones like, and, and here's one thing that I'll dial in for the group. Time changes most things. So that's one thing that you can't buy right now because you don't there you have a, a finite supply of it so like i'll give you an example we had this one that I didn't get the deed to because it was a local bank and it was a line of credit and they were going to call it a loan um well they could have right but i wasn't going to dance with it and so we ended up doing a agreement for deed that mirrored your underlying loan and then i got a deed um Record, like unrecorded, I have a copy of a deed that we can record, right? But it just sits in my file. And then here's what happens, and this is kind of what I'm going back to. So the one seller developed Alzheimer's disease and died. Like, and so now we're down to one seller. She died, or he died, um, probably one week after I actually got the deed signed and notarized. And we had the property for a couple of years before that. But then now, it's been another year and about a year and a half or so, and Mrs. Seller now has Alzheimer's too, right? So how many times do you think those two have asked to re-explain how this worked? How many times did they, they even called like local attorneys around town, and they all know my name. I'm not going to say anything bad, and we keep everything paid and keep our promises, but it's just time-consuming. For what? You know, I mean, granted, I would make a lot of money on that deal, but still, 
Um, you guys get 50 of these under your belt. You're not going to care so much about the one. You know, um, you do 100 of them, like your life will change at 10, 25, 50. You know, when I got to 50, it was the level of freedom that I never had before, and the level of wealth that I never had before. Now that we're approaching 100, it's more about protecting it and building a dynasty and a legacy than it is to worry about what one little deal is doing. So does that answer that? Do you want to dive any deeper in that question, Wes? No, it, that's, that's, that's good for me for now. I just said I'm okay. So you said something, Wes, and I'm going to give – I like to do a lot of gives on this call. There's no mm-hmm. – virtual is good. I'm, I'm glad you're going, but you need to get to a live event. The live events, the relationships that you cultivate at those events and the people that you meet and, the, and it's – your three senses, your hearing, your vision, Please and your, enter and your, your touch. Please enter your PIN followed by the pound or um, hash. If you, you know, do not know your PIN, please enter pound or hash. Much more present during the live live events than it is on the uh, virtual events. Does that make sense? Thank you. Sprung up on me too quickly. Um, have a lot of health issues that I couldn't uh, couldn't make accommodations for to to actually do the travel. So I'm going to. Uh, Cherry well, next time. The next time. Around. Yeah, that's awesome. I was at a Cherry Hill one a couple of years. I've been to about six or seven quick starts, and you learn something new every time. And the reason why you learn something new every time is because your business is in a different position than it was, you know, the first couple of times or that first time that you're doing, and you're not going to learn the same stuff because you weren't ready to receive it. Does that make sense? Sure. Well, and they also say that you only retain about 10% of what you hear, so you obviously have a that's lot more room too. to... Uh, Okay, I don't want to monopolize, so please, anyone else? Yeah, yeah, cool. So thank you, Wes from Pittsburgh, go Steelers. And uh, who, go ahead, shoot with a question, whoever's next, since the star six things an issue. Hello? Yes. Uh, yeah, hi, this is Danielle. Um, I'm out in Vegas. Uh, I just have a question here. I have a, uh, a tenant, a rent-to-own tenant, who I sent 30 days notice to, Um, He's in Arizona, house in Arizona. I'm just wondering kind of what the process is. I don't think that he's willfully going to be leaving. Oh, that could be. Um, We we deal with that sometimes as well. One of the um, curveballs the business can throw you from time to time. So here, tell me a little bit about um, the ownership of the property. Like who, who, who is the property titled to? Is it a trust or an LLC? Uh, LLC. Okay, great. And then is the LLC registered in what state? Arizona. Okay. So you live in Las Vegas, Nevada? Yeah. Okay. And then did you live in um, the other state at all? Or just how how did you find this deal? Uh, I I buy a lot of houses in Arizona, so it's just one of my properties down there. Okay, cool. So that's an LLC registered in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then you are managed and you are self-managing this or have a management company that handles this since you're so far away? Well, no, it's it's a uh, uh rent to own. I I get that. That all that means is the single net lease. Sometimes they still need managed even though you're not doing repairs. So you're still oh, in yeah, communication. No, I, I didn't even know people used, uh, yeah, I didn't know people use property managers when they do uh, 
well, uh, option of purchase. It's, it's like if we ended up doing a property management company at this point, we would include all the rent owns. They still ask you questions periodically throughout the year. You see what I mean? Okay. See, like in, in these introduction classes that all the gurus teach, it, they're awesome. They'll change your life. But like when you get to a point when you have 50 or 100 of these, like it's another, it's, it's another skill set. Even that's like what I'm learning right now that involves like what, what I created was a really high-paying job if you don't actually learn how to delegate. And, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to automate and delegate. Okay, great. Well, you've got to have something to automate and delegate first by taking massive determined action. Um, so to answer that, the first thing I would do is offer cash for keys. Like how much was their option money? Uh, nine grand. Okay, so it's okay. And then do we know what kind of condition the house is in? Uh, well, I found out from the city uh, that he hasn't had trash, trash service since uh, May. So. Okay, so this is how this is going to go. And then how many payments is, is um, he behind? Uh, he just he's he's been current on the payments. I just did the thirty day notice because he keeps paying me around the fifteenth. So I was just tired of dealing with that. So then I found out from the city <laughs> like a couple of days later that he. Uh, okay. But his his uh, uh, his twelve month lease is up, so it was month to month. Okay, so that was my next question. So you gave him he put nine thousand down. You gave him one year, and he's up. Yeah. Okay. He was up a so couple months historic ago. Yeah, so historically, when we get something back, we usually have to do um, a little bit of uh, polish to it and put it back on. So by the time we catch up, water, sewer, garbage, you know, those utility bills and do a couple thousand dollars worth of work and get, you know, 10 grand down again, yeah, we profit a couple of grand, but sometimes not. But then we get the cash flow to the property again and correct you know, the issue that one property is experiencing. Um, I can tell you that we don't have that very often. It's rare. Um, but usually it's not just like they're going to leave and everything's perfect. Um, most of, sometimes it is, but sometimes you need to do a little TLC, like landscaping or water, sewer, garbage bills. And so to answer that, since their lease period is expired, if you wrote the lease the way Ron teaches, the option would have followed the 12-month term, correct? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, so then you are correct in the posting the 30-day notice on the door because you don't wish to renew the lease. That's the option one. And so after the 30 days pass, you would have to go down um, you know, and file at that magistrate office. And then each state has a different process. And so, like, what I, I can't comment on Arizona's process because I'm not, I never have done a, that kind of a transaction in Arizona, but I can tell you what our process is. So since they don't have a lease, in, we would cite in that 30-day notice that we don't wish to renew, um, and then we also would cite you know, any kind of monies owed, water, sewer, garbage, um, also cite any kind of violations that would have gone on. And then that's what we would have posted. So that way it's a catch-all. And then when you post that, however, which way your state mandates the posting, like ours, we could post to put it on the door. In some states, you can mail it certified. You know, you have to look Yeah, I mail it certified, more. and that's, that's fine. I've yeah. already done that. So to cover you, you want to put the names on the leases on top, and then underneath it, you want to put all occupants in, in quotes. I did that as well. 
then you're you're ahead of the curve. Um, so then in Pennsylvania, once what we usually do is try to negotiate that period. Like some some of the investors, they'll just go through the system and um, you know. Here, you guys, everybody that's on the call, just you guys have to have really low background noise because their star six isn't really working. Um, so, like, if everybody could be, be quiet and have background noise, that'd be helpful. Um, so, anyways, like, if, like, in, Pencil in Pennsylvania, we would try to negotiate them out by doing cash for keys instead of going through the court process. But if that doesn't work and they ghost you, like, in our state, we would go file on, um, well, it's a five-day notice here, so we could, in theory, file on the sixth day if it's an apartment association lease. If it's a rent-to-own lease, it's 10 days, so we'd file on the 11th day. And then usually it's about a 39-day process to get them out here. Okay. You know, you, you know what I would do if you're not going to be around to handle this is contact an attorney that's maybe part of the RIA down there and pay them the 1000 or $1,500 it takes to handle it for you. That's if the tenant isn't willing to negotiate and deal. Yeah, I'm going to be going down there on the 30th. He's supposed to be out, out on the 30th. Um, but uh, I guess Mike, because the city, the city, they called me about him. They ended up giving him a ticket and stuff like that. And they said, if you have any issues getting him out, just give us a call and we'll send the cops over there. Now, I, I'm not sure how that works. Never had that one before. <laughs> yeah, usually you got to have, uh, you know, one that landlord tenant complaint, then usually they get another 11, the guard state to get another 11 days, then we can go file, and then it's, you know, the constable comes after that, after the constable, you know, gives them the proper notice as well to get them out. Okay, got it. And then also in our state, if they come back to the property, it's a third degree felony. Okay. So I just need to check with the and Arizona so, attorney. Basically. Yeah, just check on all these things. Well, cool. So that, was that a good answer? Yeah, yeah, that helps. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, the little happening problem doesn't go away. It just gets bigger. Um, it's hard to see them coming. You know, it's part of the business. You know, we usually and do one or two a year. Do you, do you typically, uh, so you said you use property managers. I mean, do you typically pay them 10% or do you work something else out with them? Since no uh, great question. Um, so currently we do not have a property manager. Um, the one we had is no longer with the company, so I find myself working more the last uh, about 45 days or so, kind of disheartening, but it also forces you to level up. So we are going to be uh, onboarding with Appfolio property management software, and then at that time, Appfolio will then train the next person. So we like to have them as an employee so we, so we don't have to pay like you know, that 6 to 10% management fee, depending on the a la carte services that is provided. Okay, got it. So you just W-2 then? Um, that's correct, because otherwise they have to, in Pennsylvania, they have to have a um, broker and a real estate license to property manage. And the way you get around that is with an employee. You have to be an employee. You have control over them. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, cool. You are welcome. Okay. Who's up next? 
got a, got a quick question on leads. My name is Mike. Mike, where are you from? Uh, Wisconsin, about Milwaukee area. That's super cool. How long have you been in Planner On? Oh, a couple of years now. Um, but what I've been running into, I, I, the short question is, what kind of leads have been working the best for you in this day of, or this age of where, you know, people are slapping whatever price they want on a property and, you know, they're getting tons of offers and they're all cash and that kind of squeezes us out because nobody wants to buy what we're selling. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what, what kind of leads have been actually working out where you can get deals where you're not being squashed by all the people with cash. So that's a great question. Um, and you said your name was, what was your first name? Mike. Mike, Mike yep, I got it right. Uh, so Mike, that's an awesome question. So here, why don't we start out with a piece on mindset. Um, you can, you know, tell your glass, tell yourself the glass is half empty. You could tell your glass to yourself that that glass is full. Either way, you're going to be right. You see what I mean? So like my fear is if you keep believing that, the one of those market shifts, because right now the market is actually turning. It's not what you just said it was. It's turning out of that. And so if you All still right. believe that and these deals go on, like you're going to miss that first herd that comes in. And, you know, so I would be, be prepared for that, especially in the, you know, Q2 2022 when that spring market hits. I think it's going to be a different spring market than it was last year. You know, this, I've been in six or seven cycles now licensed, and it, it, it's, it's tough when it's turning to predict when that actual turn is going to be finished. You know, so usually they go into a mixed market, then it'll turn into um, a buyer's market again, and usually uh, inventory predicts all those things. And so to answer your question, the best way for you to get deals, deals are, you know, they're manufactured. They're not given, you know. So like the lead sources, I could give you all the lead sources, and you and I could do the same lead sources in, you know, the same zip codes and can get completely different results. And it's the ability to really sell that melting pen or that melting popsicle stick or whatever you're going to call it to that seller. Um, so the sources that we use, um, we've created what they call omnipresence. So omnipresence is when everybody in their community knows what it is that you do and how it is that you help the people. And the way that we did that is we have between well, 600 and 800,000 views on Facebook ads and then what we do is we mirror the Facebook ads to Google ads. And we've done, we spent a lot of money over the last three or four years to get that omnipresence. It's to the point where we sit down at a restaurant and somebody will walk up and go, hey, you're real estate Steve. And I go, oh, here. well, thank you. Oh, I really like those, those videos. Oh, um, I know. Some of them are so corny, but like they, they work, I guess. Um, or they'll do, that, do the same thing to my wife because my wife sent them. And so one of the ways that you guys can sell uh, to people a lot more is people will always buy from a human over a company, and they'll always buy from a female over a male, just human nature. And so like, I put my wife in it because, you know, they look at me, it can be kind of sharky. They look at her, and she's like honest, and, you know, um, she makes it believable, you know, per se. Um, so... Uh, in addition to that, we have a website that can track and follow you around the Internet. So once you hop on one of those ads, 
we can fall, literally follow you around and then make offers to you. And then if you opt in, we have an email drip campaign that is probably, I think, 12 emails deep over, I want to say three months, or two or three months. Um, other than that, we've had banded signs that have worked, but in our banded signs, uh, we use uh, vanity phone numbers. So you can write this down, a numberbarn.com. We'll get you a vanity phone number. Ours are 814-303-CASH. And then we also have a different vanity phone number on the cars. And the cars actually do bring leads, especially if you drive them to the ice cream stands in the summer. We've gotten a few leads like that. Um, trying to think what else. Um, real estate agents, they actually do bring us deals as well. Uh, every real estate agent in town knows what I do. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a wonder. Um, and and then, you know, referrals from people that you've done business with or people that know what you do. You know, they're always called to see what their options are and things like that. Um, I haven't been mailing really at all in those, since the pandemic. I just... What I'll do is, like, if we drive by and we see a house that's, like, we, we really, really would be interested in, it needs a little bit of work. Like, I'll go on findtheseller or .com or forewarn or somewhere where I can skip trace, and then I'll handwrite a letter, like, in my own pen, and then, like, stick it to the addresses. And then what I'll do is I'll actually call and text and let them know, like, you know, hey, it's... My wife and I, I saw your house. It looked pretty dark on the inside. I wasn't sure if anybody was living there. Um, you know, I just live around the corner, and quite frankly, we fix up homes for a living, and um, this would be an easy project for us, and we'd pay in, pay in cash and close quickly. You know, if you're interested in something like that, I'd love to hear from you. You know, and dude, they always call back. Not, I'm not kidding. Like, all the time. And if they, you can't get them, like... They'll just, the letter usually gets them too, or they're next to kin. Um, on the letter, I usually put a stamp on the back of it that says address service requested. And then uh, it circulates around until they actually find the correct address. Yeah, so it gets sent back to you if it doesn't get deli not delivered. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you're doing That's like a deal to three deals a month, you're really cooking. I mean, we've done pretty much two a month since I met Ron. Um, you know, if you're doing more than that, you're going to need a, a high-skilled team because it's just, they're, they're time-consuming. You know, they pay well. Yeah. And so does that help well, you? Yeah, I was trying to get a get a little angle on what might be working best uh, now because I, I, I agree with you. I've heard that the market's going to be turning um, in this area. I've still been running into, you know, you call people and they're half-interested in, in the idea of a uh, uh, owner financing or lease purchase, and uh, two days later, you following up and they cancel their appointment with you because they already have three full cash offers. It's like great. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's been happening we, all year. <laughs> we 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 also offer cash as well. That's part of it. We offer the terms, and then we offer cash. Buy things with cash all the time. You just have to raise private money. That's all. Yeah, it's actually the simplest thing to do if anybody hasn't done it yet. I mean, everybody starts at nothing for the first time. You know, Ron had to raise his first loan, also had to buy his first house, right? You know, same thing with us. Now we have six to eight private lenders, and we never really ever have to worry about 
you know, the money portion of it. And all it did was, you know, I did what Ron said, flap your lips. <laughs> sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But most of the time it does. Well, your your all cash idea, is that just a straight option? No, we actually closed in the property. So if it, it's got to need work, though, and you've got to stick to that Mayo formula at 70% of the R of minus repairs. You know, oh, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I was, on. I, was referring to, uh, I was referring to owner financing and lease purchase deals, not, uh, not fix-ups. Yeah, so like those ones that you're talking about, you really got to find the motivated seller. So like picture a pie chart with like 100 sellers in it, and we'll call that 100%. Like you're only really going to deal with probably 5% of that pie chart. And as a matter of fact, the 5% actually can be broken down, and I can do it real quick for you. It's disease, death, displacement, separation from a spouse, or medical problems. It's usually medical problems, 9 out of 10. So if one of the key performance indicators is those five things, you've now taken that 100 people and identified that 5%, and that's the people that we really work with. The other ones are going to be like, oh, I need the money to buy another home. Oh, I got three offers, and they're all above ask. Oh, are you, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, they're just not going to do it. And that's fine. Right. We, we don't need everybody to do it, you know? Fair enough. All right, thank you. I so, appreciate um, you taking the time. Yeah, no, no problem. If you guys go, the source that um, I use for the Facebook ads is let me see if I can get it open. It's um we have a company that manages all this stuff. So I introduced him. Let's see here. Uh, he must have taken down my link. Hold on here. Done for you. There it is. Uh, you'll have to dig through the website, but it's doneforyou.com. That's uh, uh, Jason Drone heads that company. And he um, does all of our funnels and all of our advertising. So doneforyou.com. Um, you can either tell them, like, you're on Ron's team or Real Estate Steve sent you. Um, I don't get anything for telling you this and just trying to provide as much value as I can. I just, Jason's a friend of mine and I want to see him succeed too. But he's probably made us, I mean, we've had quarter million dollar months using their stuff. You know? Okay, thank you. They say, they say you're in the marketing business but you just happen to be a real estate investor. So if you're not that good at marketing, it makes sense to let somebody else do it so you can be a real estate investor. <laughs> Blessing on the way. Oh, 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 oh. dreaming. <laughs> oh, cool. Who's up next? Name and city in question. Oh, she blessed. She blessed. She blessed. No, she she wanted. If she didn't want it, she would stop it. Okay. Is anybody up next? Yeah, I had a question. This is Jay. I'm calling okay. from Douglas. I'm calling from West Georgia. How you doing? 
West Georgia. What was your first name? Jay. 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 That's awesome, yeah. man. So uh, tell us a little bit about yeah, yourself and how long you've been in Ron's World. Oh, I've been in Ron's World since 2013. Damn. I love it. And yeah. Yeah, I've been in 2013, you know, just, I, you know, buying contracts, wholesale, and I do retail sandwich deals. But I guess my, my, que cool. my question my question is more like I'm starting to come across a lot of, like, people that are in pre-foreclosure, but either their home is either free and clear or they filed bankruptcy a couple years ago. I'm just looking for the proper way to approach them since they already filed bankruptcy a couple years ago, like two, like say like two years ago. I'm just trying to figure out the right way to approach them. Okay, so let me understand this correctly. You're in Georgia, and yeah. to repeat the question back, um, you're in Georgia. There's sellers that are in pre-foreclosure, and they have declared bankruptcy approximately two years ago. Is that correct? Yes, and sometimes the homes are their home that they're in or the rental property they have is free and clear. Like they don't own anything on it, but they filed bankruptcy two years ago, but it's showing that the home is free and clear. And I'm just trying to figure out the right way to really approach them. So are they still living in the home? Yeah, like some of the ones that I come in contact with, yeah, they're still living in the home. Okay. Um, I don't know what Georgia's laws are behind that. So, like, okay. here, I'll give you an example. Like, Pennsylvania, anybody over 65 is a um, protected class. So you really got to watch, like, the deals that go on. I'd be closing them all with an attorney, obviously. And then okay. Ron, when I first started, mentioned something called HOOPA. It's the Homeowners Equity Protection Act. And so, like, you want to see how it applies to your state because, like, if these homes are free and clear and they're in bankruptcy, which means you've got to figure out, like, what chapter that's in. It's either 7, 11, or 13. It's a restructuring 13. or a discharge. Okay. Yeah, 13, so some of these 13, states are homestead states, like Florida. Florida is a homestead state. It means you can go through bankruptcy and not lose your house. Gotcha. Right? So, like, you want to look into those things before you go talking to them and getting involved in sales agreements because you want to make sure you're in compliance with the way that your state works. So the best thing to do is go in there and ask them for a consultative approach. You know, you're the doctor. And just get all those, those factors and ask them what, where it is that they see themselves in, you know, uh, say three to six months. You know, do they want to move? Um, you know, if it's a restructuring, are the payments current, that kind of thing. And then if it's, it's, if it's um, sometimes like they don't even with a bankruptcy, like sometimes all their money is confiscated or there's a better word to use than that, but like it's held by a trustee and then the trustee distributes it, pays all the bills and gives them back what's left over. So for you to get a house out of that sequence, you know, sometimes has to go to court. If that makes sense, because some no, of the other in debt, you know, because some of the other debtors haven't gotten paid. Now, in order to get out of that, you have to have an attorney that you work with, and, like look into each case, and like make sure that you're not going in there doing something that's illegal or something that uh, you know could come back and bite you. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
And so, so most of the time, it's going to fall under that. But if you find one that's like a homestead state and, you know, they're still receiving money every month and the house is, you know, like you said, free and clear, it might make sense for them to receive a monthly payment because then it's not enough money to where they'd have to, you know, pay back outstanding creditors in large sums. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is every single deal is going to be different with that question. There's not going to be one that's the same as the other. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. So sometimes you can negotiate short sales. Um, you know, we did two short sales this year. Both are rehabs. Both are a pain in the ass. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, it took like 30 to I'd say 30 hours on the one and 40 to 50 hours on the one, on the other one, just on the computer with the banks, with the my acquisition, acquisitionist, you know, getting those things down to where we could actually buy them. And truthfully, they were, one was probably a double and the other one was a single. They weren't even like home run deals. Just they're just barely worth doing. And I had, okay, gotcha. I had one more thing. It was something that you said earlier about your, when you sell out your mail, you put a stamp on the back of your letters? Oh, um, the stamps that we use are novelty stamps. They're the same cost as a regular stamp, but they're just fun. Like, I think right now I bought a thousand Scooby-Doo stamps. You know, who doesn't like Scooby-Doo, right? And they're super big. Yeah. So, like, you get a weird handwritten envelope with a big fat Scooby-Doo stamp, you're like, of course you got to open that thing. <laughs> you know? And so, like, if you address service the back, you know, with the, with the red letter, I don't, I don't ever put address service requested on the front because I think it looks gimmicky. You know, I usually put it on the back at the bottom or something like that, like, where it looks like a kid did it. You know, I even let my daughter, if, you know, um, uh, Ron says you should get all this stuff professionally done. Sometimes to help a family grow, like we let our daughter stamp some of these when we mail them out just because it gives her something to do. She's six. So she'll put the stamp all all, uh, crooked and stuff on there too, which I think increases the opening rate. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. um, So then, yeah, we don't back tuck the back of them just because we found that sometimes they get stuck or they'll get back to us. Um, you know, but I think if you're doing yellow letters or doing the Christy King mailer, back tuck in the back is definitely the way to go. Um, okay. We're not doing batch mailings. We're just doing like, hey, we drove by this property, right? I, I looked it up personally. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because if, oh, if no, you're doing understand. a batch mailer, you're only going to get like 1% or 2% anyways, maybe 3 if you're lucky, yeah. probably 1% or 2%. And so you got to have a system. It's going to be back tuck. Everything's going to be the same. But if you're driving by, you know, a couple, two, three houses a month, you know, I would encourage you to, you know, look up where these people live, call, text, and drop a letter in the mail. And the letter I just write on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, like freehand. I don't even make a copy of it. Just blue pen, freehand. It's real ink, you know. Stamp sloppy. It's the back seal. It's, it looks, it's real. It is real. <laughs> you know. So I got you. And those get a hundred percent response rate, but they're also super time consuming. Okay. 
Okay. I wouldn't call it 100%, but back. you get the point. No, I got yeah. you, I got you. So just put address service on the back. Okay, I got you. I don't want to take no more of your time. I know some people want to ask questions. Oh, you're I cool. appreciate you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. who else has got a question? We love Georgia. Hello? Oh. <laughs> hello, hello. What's your name? Am I up next? Yeah, sure. You want to go oh, next? I, hate I know you said it wasn't working, the star six, so I just kept pushing star six. And <laughs> um, My name is Karen. And, um, hi, Karen. Hi. And I, you said something really great. All your stuff, Steve. I love it when you're on the calls, by the way, Steve. But I learned so much. I've already oh, learned so much. That I'm typing as fast as I can on my computer. But you oh, were saying the, um, the reasons are the top five reasons why people sell. You, I know you said divorce, separation, medical problems. And I missed the other one. So I, if you don't no, mind that, great. Sure. I, I don't make these up. I, I can do it again. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So disease, death, displacement. So disease, death, displacement, separation from a spouse, medical problems. Okay. So you know, financial hardship could be could could be in there, but usually, displacement means like separation from a job or something like that, which would cause financial hardship. Oh, sure, exactly. And you said disease, like. Oh, disease is the number one killer. Half the. Uh, um, medical problems and disease, 50% of bankruptcies come from medical problems and disease. Okay. So divorce, disease, displacement. Um, what I miss? <laughs> Those are slow typer. Um, yeah, so disease, death, displacement, separation from a spouse, medical problems. Gotcha. Okay, so so disease. You don't don't want to ask those. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just to say. So disease. um, Of course, you don't ask, but um, you have that as a separate topic versus other medical problems. Is that what you're saying? I just I just talk to them. I just you know in order to identify how it is that you can help people. You just, sure. I always just say one line and grab a pen, everybody. I'll give you my, my, my one-liner. It's, hey, you know, that seems like a really nice house. Why would you ever want to sell it? Got you. That's it. Opens them right up. They'll be like, oh, that house is nice. It's a POS. Or, oh, uh, you know, and then you're like, sweet, I got a rehab deal. All right, let's talk. And they'll be like, oh, my mom just passed. Oh, I need to buy another house. You know, it's, uh, and you're going to know where to put them based upon their answer. Not true. Oh, awesome. Great. I love that that statement you just made. Yeah, because really talking to the people and being a real person is tells you a whole lot. Yeah, I see, I see a lot of the new people, and I was guilty of this too. Uh, I remember one of the very first sub-two deals I went on and my, I brought my wife. I was all nervous. You know, I saw it, you know, work at a um, guru's classroom, you know, Legend Ron Grand. So it's got to work, right? And I was determined to get one. And I walked in. I talked way too much. I get out, and I go to my wife, hey, how do you think that went? She goes, oh, you didn't get it. I go, what? I go, no, we got it. No, you didn't get it. Sure enough, call the next day, no, we didn't get it. Because <laughs> I talked too much, you know. If you truly care about what that other person's life's going to be and you truly try to help them, 
Like, like they pick up on that. And if they truly believe that you don't care if you buy that house or not, you know, they also pick up on that too. Now, that didn't come until I had 10, 15 of these under my belt, you, you know, to the point where I don't care because, like, we're good. I don't know, like, my, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs for real estate Steve is met. Like, yeah, I can make more money, but, like, yeah, I can change your lifestyle. No, I don't have Ron's money or things like that. But at the same time, we, we're, it's, it's pretty nice, you know, because of him. And so when you meet Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you guys can look that up, you finally have the ability to help other people once all your stuff's taken care of. And so when you go in there and you talk about stuff like that, like people know that, they, they sense that. And they also sense that you're going to take advantage of them or not, you know? Oh, yeah, and when you say uh, they, um, they um, know whether or not you really care if you have it or not, you, or you're saying that's an advantage. You know, in other words, you're not begging for the deal. Is that what you, you mean by that? No, because they're, at the end of the day, I get paid well on them, and so do you, but they work. Let's face it. Those Hello. rehabs are a giant pain. I've right. never had one on budget. I've never, you know, and um, even the seller financing ones, we usually do a little bit of work to. You know, but at the end of the day, some of these we make between five and seven hundred a month on. Some, you know, are um, sometimes you know we get twenty, thirty down. One time I got two hundred thousand down. You know, so it, it varies. But sometimes you only get ten. So I don't know. You know, <clears throat> I think I think at the end of the day, if you help people. Um, you end up getting what you want in the long run, the more people that you help. Like think about what, how many people Ron helped. So many people. Hello. Hundreds Hello? of thousands of people, you know. Oh, countless. And I'm the same way. I'm like you. I, I really, you know, you see these people, like I just talked to some guy and his wife had just died. I really did want to help him, you know. I really did. I mean, he just yeah. went so much. And, and um, but unfortunately in that case, the... His attorney had gotten to him first and was telling him, you know, I didn't stand much of a chance. But, you know, I'm new in the whole thing, so I'm learning these things. You know, it's part of Yeah, at that point, he just was, well, my attorney said I got to do this, and my attorney said, you know how that goes. So then it's kind of wasn't a deal I got, but I'm learning that way, too. But you said yeah, you're at so the I point. Usually, of, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Steve. Whatever they say, the attorney question. Like, Ron's got a response to it. First, he asks if the attorney's going to make the next couple of payments. But, you know, yeah. Ron can be kind of direct. What I usually say is, oh, that's cool. You talked to your attorney? That's awesome. That's probably what I would have done, too. Um, hey, uh, what time is it right now? Oh, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Do you think that you could get the attorney on the phone right now and maybe do a three-way call? And then shut up when you ask the question. And you want to know what the response is going to be? Oh, my gosh, I don't have his phone number. I have to dial in and get to him. I, every time, I'm telling you. And then I go, oh, my gosh, so let me get this straight. You don't have his personal cell phone? Really? Like, I have my attorney's personal cell phone. Geez, that's kind of weird that you are taking advice from somebody like that, and you don't even have that kind of relationship with him. And he's not willing to pay the next couple of mortgage payments? Well, okay, well, since you can't get a hold of him, why don't – you put a call into his office, tell him about us, and tell him that we can buy it a couple different ways. Yes, we can make your payments. Yes, we can pay cash. Either way, we're going to solve a huge problem for you and create an ease 
for him to be able to do what you hired him for. Doesn't that all sound good? Something like that. Oh, that's great. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, so, ma'am. Um, so, yes, it, so one more question. What was your first name, ma'am? Name? My first Hold name on, wait, is somebody was trying to, to Somebody was trying to chime my, in. What was your first name? My first name is June. I just wanted to know because I just... Um, I just got off work. Are, are you recording this thing? Because I've missed part of it tonight. Um, I recorded for Global, but I have no idea how to see it or send it. I don't have access to that. Oh, no, that's thing. okay. I can go on. Can't I go on to the, the Gold Club site and get it? That I do not know either. Maybe call down to Global Publishing tomorrow and ask that. Okay, so, but you are recording it for Global, right? Yes, I have the record button hit. Okay. And what what was your name, sir? I'm sorry. My name is Steve Zumigil, but they never can say my last name, so they yeah. call me Real Estate Steve. Okay. Nice nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm just getting on the call, so I was trying to glean what information you guys were sharing. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. We've already talked about all sorts of different kind of questions. Did you have a specific one? No, I just was trying to listen to some of the conversations that you guys have with sellers because I know that probably each one of them is a little bit different. And I was also trying to understand some of the reasons why people would sell uh, and an easy way to get around having to find out they could sell, why they wanted to sell <laughs> without being too invasive. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I think somebody before you had a second question. Can we go back? To that person? Oh yeah. Are you still there? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I was just saying. I um, you were saying you're getting close to a hundred deals now. You said you have an acquisitionist, and and um, what other people do you? I I, I and thanks for the great ideas on um, working with Jason Drones Company. That's a big help getting that. Um, but are, you're at the point you have an acquisitionist. I know you work with your wife. Um, any other people that you actually hire? Sure. So, um, we have a, yep, we, we have a full-time bookkeeper that okay. handles that. We're uh, in the process of hiring a full-time property manager that's going to deal you know, with the stuff that's been bogged down. The acquisitionists, I've gone through a few of them. Um, I've had some good ones. I've had some crap ones. Um, those, they seem to have turnover with that position particularly. I've been trying to figure out how not to have turnover with it, um, but you know, without cutting them in on, you know, the cash flow portion of it, you know, and it takes them years to build up the cash flow if you were to cut them in on it. I've never heard the Wolves or Ron cutting anybody in. Just trying to figure out how to keep more than one around. Because um, what happens is, like, the real estate market's cyclical. And so and you could be going really, really hot for a while, and then all of a sudden you know, the deals dry out a little bit and they could go a month or two without a paycheck and you're still paying them a draw and they can get kind of thin and frustrated. Um, to alleviate that, what we've done is we, sometimes we've paid monthly draws and then, or, uh, excuse me, weekly draws and then uh, we assess monthly and they get a check on the 6th of the following month for the previous month's production. But the better way to do that would be to pay it out at the end of the quarter because then it keeps them around long enough. And that way, if they leave, you don't have to pay it anyways. 
So you oh, pay him a salary oh, at the end okay. of the qu- Excuse me, I'm sorry, what? No, we pay them. So we make them, we, you have to look into your state and figure out, you know, um, what's best for your business. I can tell you what we found. Um, Ron and the Wolves teach it, you know, their own way. And um, for our business, what we found was we make the acquisitionist an employee. So that way we have direct control over them and we pay them a salary. It's hourly salary. And then we um, also give them, you know, the um, real estate equity profit participation agreement that the Wolves have. We give them a proportionate interest of the deal or the gross profits. But then rather than pay that out monthly, we pay it out quarterly. Okay, so they get a portion of the deal too besides being salary. But the salary they have to pay back, it's a draw. Because we're not just going to hand out a salary for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a sales position. But at the same time, we we don't want them to starve. We found like the magical number for people not to starve is a minimum number. is 40000 a year. Um, but you pay beneath that, you're just going to have problems and not attract the right people. And if you pay more than that, I think you're paying too much because they're not going to produce because they get comfortable. But I think Schlag pay less than that. Um, I don't know. I just that's what we found. That brings me to one more question, and I'll leave you alone. Um, What about people who? Oh, hey, I had a question. Find houses for leads. Say that last question again, ma'am. Yes, if you, uh, I've had some people that might be interested in finding houses for me. You know, if they give you a lead and it actually works out and you buy the house, what type of um, fee do you pay those people? And how do you pay them? Like how much? $100 uh, an actual lead that you actually buy the house, or is that not enough? I don't know. Ron would pay, I think, I think I read 500 somewhere. You really okay. got to watch that because, like, you can't be practicing real estate without a license. Um, you, you know what I mean? That's uh, bird dogs. Yeah, you can pay them. I don't know. I'd probably stick to like Visa gift cards. <laughs> Maybe put a thank you note and happy birthday or something. Um, I, I, you know, I don't like dancing in gray areas. I, I really don't. Um, okay, but so that's you know a good idea, I mean? though. Gift cards. Like, how much do you think is a fair amount? You said you've heard 500. Um. It's a really good deal when you make 20, 30, 40 grand. I mean, 500 is really not out of the question. I would ask them what they think is fair. So that way you don't make them make an enemy out of them, you know? Uh, okay, no that's a good idea. And how, like, do you have, how do you be... handle that financially? Is that a tax write-off? I mean, I don't know how you, you know, handle that. That The gift card is a so, good idea. I would do gift cards or I would do cash. I wouldn't have it traceable just because it's weird with the licensing laws, you know. And, like, I'm not going to do anything that's out of the wheelhouse just because it's like once you have your that back to that Maslow's hierarchy or some people call it a castle, like once the castle's built and the moat's around it and the drawbridge is up, like I'm going to protect what we have because it just took so long and so many years and tears and heartaches to build it, you know. So I'm not going to let like some stupid one deal that I'm going to, this guy wants $500 for, and I know he might be a problem. Like, I'd rather not do it, you know? 
Got you. Oh, that's but that's excellent. Cash or gift cards. I love that. You're right because that was my question. I had some question marks of how do I handle that. Is it, tra- you know, like you said, you don't want it traceable. That's the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, like if his birthday's in March and the deal's in April, happy belated birthday or happy Halloween, October. <laughs> Got you. Oh, well, that's Thanksgiving. Steve, I've been wondering how to handle that situation. That is perfect. Thank you so much. You're well, welcome. That, I think there was a gentleman that spoke up yeah, yeah, yeah for you, though. How you doing? Yep. Can you hear me? Good. Can we do the gentleman first? I think he had a question. What was your name okay. and city, sir? Um, so California in uh, Madeira, and my name is Lewis. Okay. Lewis. Yeah. What's happening? How are you? Good. Okay. Awesome. What's your question, Lewis? Awesome. I had a question. I'm wondering if you can help me um, kind of figure this out. But I just sold a property um, that I had put in a land trust, as Ron says, and where my LLC is the trustee. Um, and when I was going to be issued the check from title, um, it was issued in the name of the LLC as trustee. I, I actually wasn't sure if, 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 it, if I could make it just come directly to me or if it has to be that way um, because now I'm, gonna have, I'm doing a 1031 exchange to purchase more property with the, the proceeds. So I'm wondering, um, I was hoping I could – Kind of just not have to have it in the trust. The, the, I don't know if you're eligible. Well, you'd have to ask the, um, let's see here. You'd have to ask the, the exchange fiduciary um, to, let's see here. You'd have to ask, if, you know, whoever you're going to hire as the exchange company what to do in that situation. So to my understanding, that check should have went right to them and not to a trustee. Oh yes, I'm sorry. It did go straight to them because they we had arranged all the information through title. Yeah, it has to go and, straight to them. Right, right. You and can't so, go to the so trustee. Guess, and it can't go to the beneficial interest. Right, and so I guess well, actually that, that's a, that's great that you pointed that out because now when I purchase the next property, does it still have to be under the trustee's name, or would I be able to make it under my name? That's another good question, and my correct answer from me is I don't have the answer to that question because, one, I'm not in your okay. state. Two, I've never done it before. I'm not going to sit here and MSU <laughs> it because I don't think that would be fair to you. Okay. Um, I would ask the – so, like, here, I'll give you one one give on that subject. The um, 1031 intermediary, you'd want to see – if they're a parent company or a sister company or they're the only company because you don't want them to be like a cash cow or a cash, a cash, uh, you know, hole for another company. So you want to like vest them before you actually give all that money over there. You know, wow, ask how okay. many of these have they done? You know, what, what was the last one they did? What did that look like? Like they don't have to get specifics, but I'd, I'd interview them a little bit. You know what I mean? Cause you don't need any issues with this. Right. Right. Um, and then at that point, once they answer those questions, um, I would say, okay, I like the answers to those questions. I have a couple uh, of my own, and here's what I'm dealing with now. How is it that you would handle this transaction? And then I'd let them answer it. I see. Okay. 
Good deal. Well, that's good. That gives me good direction. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's what I would do. But um, I don't know the answer to that. I would think it's supposed to be a like-minded asset. Um, you know, right. it's supposed to be kind of equal or better than whatever you're, you know, um, right. whatever you're, you're selling. I came out of, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna put in a call to them tomorrow, and I'm gonna get um, I'm gonna ask those questions. So that was pretty good because I uh, I didn't think about something that you brought up. So yeah, cause I heard awesome. horror stories of some. You always hear the horror stories. You don't hear all the good ones. Um, but there's <laughs> there's cobras around. We call them cobras, like big wigs at just 10:31 for a living. Like imagine having like one of them, like a friend of mine. I'm not even kidding when I said that. Like you know he. They filed 967 tax returns in 48 states last year. You know, he goes to my church, one of the largest investors wow. in the country, and um, all they do is 1031. And they'll do 1031 with a irrevocable trust or whatever it's going to be. And you know, it's if you buy the Starbucks for a million, sell it for five, two years later, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff, different levels to the game, you know. Way yeah. my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, right, yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, cool. We have a. I'll, I'll do one more question because I know this. We're yeah. only supposed to go till eight. And um, yeah, I had I had one more question about when you've got somebody like an acquisitionist, and I'm still trying to understand what you do. You're paying them a salary, but when you sell the property that they helped you with, then they get a draw and they pay the salary back to you. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. it'd be off the profit off the deal. So if we got a twenty thousand dollar Enrod, I call them Enrods. They're on most. What the heck's an Enrod? They go, I don't know, Ron. We got so sick and tired of saying non-refundable option deposit around here. We just dubbed their own word. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. So he goes, Enrod. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the non-refundable option deposit, we'll say, it was twenty thousand, uh -huh. and uh, maybe the deal cost you. 2500 to get and maybe uh -huh. you put you know 500 into the landscaping and two thousand dollars into re repairs or to get it uh -huh. show ready so now uh -huh. we spent five thousand dollars to get the deal right okay. now i'm not counting the advertising costs and things like that i'm just ca counting the the, the the fixed costs the hard costs right the repairs. so we have a so twenty thousand minus five is what fifteen thousand so say so that's that's the net profit for that one deal. So say like the acquisitionist owed one month's salary, well, we would subtract that out, you know, um, from the acquisitionist split on the fifteen thousand. So typically, mm -hmm. depending on the complexity of the deal, we pay anywhere between ten percent and twenty percent of the net profit. Depends on the complexity, um, and so then we would back 15, that out. 000. So. Yeah, so in that case, like, he would break even for a month, it looks like, off that deal. So you take so the 15000 which will be your net, and give them 10 to 15% of that. Yeah, 20 if it's a really good deal. But 20 is high uh -huh. for the industry, I'll tell you that. Uh -huh. We're also in a lower, we're a lower uh, priced home area here. So, uh -huh. like, you know, people got to eat, and uh, bacon here costs the same as bacon there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, 
it is what it is. Sometimes we pay a little bit more than we should, but you know, it gets to the yeah. point like back to you taking care of that, your castle and your moat, you know, and you want to yeah. keep people and have more time freedom. Like I'm willing to give up a little more. Like in the summer, I only worked 25 hours a week. I sat around my pool and hot tub and went out and yeah. lived in the sun. You know what I mean? What, what was that worth to me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I gave up a little bit more in order to do that. And now it's like sure. I'm back full time of this because we're converting systems again and I went from like not working a lot to working a lot again whatever mm-hmm. yeah I don't really consider it work which I know a lot of people on this call um, don't consider it work either well and besides that if you really like what you're doing and besides that uh, a business usually a business of your own affords you more flexibility than when you're still tied to a job because you got to clock in clock out so you know when Ron's no I can't get a and, job Oh, you gosh. know what I mean. Well, see, I'm, I'm still in a job, so that's what, that's where I'm coming from, that mindset, and that's why I'm saying it's, oh, you know, you're locked into a schedule, and, and you're locked into when people are jacking with your schedule, like happened to me in the last couple of weeks with my job, or I had to go round and round with this schedule. It's been kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, yeah. I'll take, we'll end this at 8.15. It's about five minutes left. Yeah. Like, yeah. to me, this is just some value. Um, I don't know, like, I haven't had a job since 2011. I guess you call a real estate agent the single. If you look at like Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant and you look at that uh-huh. first level, it's being you know an independent contractor. And it gets better when you become a business owner. And then a business owner usually gets really, really good, learns a new set of skills, and they develop a board, and they come on as a CEO, which is the third level. Mm-hmm. And then if it's once in, and once you develop a new set of skills, train that high-performance team a high-performance company, you kind of step back and then you're an investor. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like once you, and a lot of people that, I've I had jobs before. I've collected paychecks on Friday. This whole tax system and the whole economics of the United States of America does not favor the employee. It favors the business. No. No. You know, you know and then people, and my wife always goes, I don't care what my six-year-old daughter wants to be. I just want her to be happy. And I say, I don't care what Gigi wants to be. I just want her to be happy, right? But then the child will go to college if they choose, right? High school, college, get out. And then they're going to go and finally get that position. And they're going to get that first paycheck. And what Mm -hmm. what, what happens when they get the first paycheck? All those freaking taxes get backed out of it. And then they're going to go home. And they're going to pay off all their bills off a paycheck that they already paid taxes on, not the other way around. Uh-huh. And, they and don't they're have finally going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with the, sort of the business owner, it's nice just because you can bleed everything back down, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, offset whatever, you know, taxes that you would have paid that year. Mm-hmm. And then once you That's get really, good. really good at it, like with money, the first, the first thing of money is that you have to create it. Second thing mm-hmm. is you have to grow it. And the third thing is you have to protect it. So once mm-hmm. you have done the first two and you're protecting it, there's other vehicles out there. Um, I'll leave you with this to challenge everybody, but Lou Brown's Elite Trust is what we're looking at. You know, those trusts run between thirty and $45,000. But they're a way for you to you know, pretty much defer taxes for hundreds upon hundreds of years, 
until the last beneficial interest, interest, interest finally passes. And then finally, it's taxed that last 21 years when nobody's here. Yeah. So yeah, Lou, Brown's, Lou, Lou Brown's really locked it in when it comes to trust. He, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I've studied him. Um, we use I use a lot of his stuff for trust. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but again, I've studied under Ron um, all these years to get to that point. Okay, yeah, but it sounds so like you great kid Yeah. What's that? So it sounds like you've, re- oh. you've read some of Kiyosaki's, Kiyosaki's books too. Yeah, yeah Ron, Ron thinks Kiyosaki's cocky. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> I you know, I studied, I studied all of them. Um, yeah. This is Global's call. It's Ron's call. You know, I've sure I've looked at um, anybody that has grown a portfolio. The nice thing about a real estate investor is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just kind of like copy somebody else. Right. But you really have to watch who you copy because you want to do a, um, you know, a feasibility study in the market that you're in to make sure you're copying the right person if it's going to work where you're at. Yeah, well, Ron's like awesome. if I tried copying Disc Dixie Decker and tried doing the student housing around here, well, where am I doing that at? There's a couple mm-hmm. universities, but not like hers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd set myself up not to have success. Uh huh. I understand. So I don't know. Well, Ron, Ron's good. He he's he's taught most of them, and of course Lou and him came up around around the same time. But they're both, you know what I'm saying. Of course I, I've been with Ron a long, long, long time. So yeah, yeah. I believe a lot of hands down. Those two would probably be the best that's ever walked. Ron is uh-huh. Ron's attitude and no BS. Um, uh-huh. You know he's uh, he's left a mark. He's left a mark. He's actually making. Sure. You guys stay tuned. He's uh, making a video. This is uh, his song at a Matt Andrews event a couple, oh, about a month ago. And he's making a video that's called The Life of a Guru or something like that. No where crap. He's going to break down his life in the last 40 years. And he's filming it and he's going to release it. I think Gold Club will get it first. But don't call me on that. No, I understand. That'll be cool. Oh, yeah. Ron, Ron's just awesome. He's just, you know, so I can't say enough good things about Ron and what he does to help people, period. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate yeah. everybody on this call. We average between 13 and 20 people. It fluctuates, and okay. um, which isn't bad for November, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had them over there is a lot more than that, but that was also in the spring too. So, but um, take massive determined action. Yes, and that's I uh, appreciate hearing with. information and learning from you guys because you guys are out there doing the, the business and, and a lot of you pretty heavy and a lot of you pretty successful at the time and we can learn from, from you guys as well as Ron. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah. thank you everybody for attending. For those up north, the Pittsburgh Steelers are about to play at 8.30 p.m. Uh-oh. It's going to be awesome. That's what I'm going to go Uh-oh. do for the next two hours and I'm going to bed. Thanks, um, thank Steve. you this for awesome. thank taking you, Steve, your for everything. Guys time. We really appreciate it. You guys are you know, an inspiration, and you guys are all going to do great things. Have a good evening, okay? Thank you, Thanks, too. God bless you. I learned right, so much. Thank you. Much love. That's Bye. awesome. Much love. much love, you guys. Much love. You, you too. And the blessings. Bye-bye. Bye.